Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode of The Wrong Theater here on the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Stephen O'Malley, joined alongside by Aiden LaCorey and Billy Bruno back again for another Loki recap. And we were wowed once again by Michael Waldron and company with another visual spectacle, some very interesting character interactions, some introductions, and a perfect, you know, unwritten page at the end uh, with the final shot leaving lots of room for question and you know to be fair there's some plausible answers to the question so you know we, we've been left in a position where the questions we have may or may not be answered but we at least know that this was the cliffhanger in this episode is probably going to be explored so it's not like this is how the series ended with them staring off into what I believe is the end of time uh, and whomever is sitting in that little cavern or uh, castle that is set up on that rock. Um, but we got this show. So I thought the WandaVision emotion was like pretty touching and all with like the creation of vision and the children and the sadness and the uh, Sokovia. And I was like, that's, you know, I'm, I'm moved. And then this show with Sylvie and Loki's interactions and then the Mobius and Loki interactions, it just knocks them down a, a pedestal. Like it just blew me out. It, it blows, it blows out of the water for, for four episodes, you know, that we've seen them together. Cause we didn't see um, them together for an episode. Um, but it's just like, it's impeccable that this is a, a series. And I, I, the first thing I thought after the episode was how are they making these characters so awesome in such what i believe little time like even though it's longer than a movie length it just feels like they have so much to explore and sometimes it feels like they don't explore enough with these shows like they don't go to the hour time limit um that i I figured you know six six episodes an hour each but this show is it's it's where i want the disney plus shows to be after this like this is the level that I expect like WandaVision we were way off in terms of what the hell to expect Falcon Winter Soldier I think it's safe to say we got what we expected maybe with a couple of you know teases yeah. towards big things but this Falcon show- Winter Soldier was expected to be a grounded show it wasn't expected to be massive reveals or like dealing with um supernatural or like big uh, moments Falcon Winter Soldier was a spy but there's only so many reveals and little twists and turns that you can do yeah it met the bar like we knew that falcon winter soldier was going to be pretty good just because it was of the style and the characters but i mean the ceiling wasn't as high as some of, of as loki and wandavision's ceiling was but it was it did exactly what it was supposed to so yeah. I, they have a weird pause. I, I say we jump right into it with the, well, the, the episode as a whole, I think was my favorite personally. Um, I think we kind of maybe shared that consensus. It was definitely, I, from, I know Billy, it, you were lower on me and see for me uh, personally, I thought it was definitely a step up from episode four, but it wasn't like crazy. But I think just the character performances, just all the little details. And obviously for like, especially a Marvel comics, which is where kind of my background in this kind of started. I know Steve does so well, but some of the Easter eggs that they had, Throg, the Thanos copter, the Living Tribunal, there were so many little things hidden in the void, which were fantastic. And just all these little fan nods. 
then obviously you had Richard E. Grant's performance, which was stellar. And then you're left on that, that perfect kind of cliffhanger. You have all the Loki variants. I think it was just the perfect transition and they've been hyping up four and five and I can see why, but I was pleasantly surprised in the way that I feel is episode six has just as much potential. I, I was kind of anticipating almost a WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier for me where the six ep- the final episode of the series wasn't going to be the best. Depending on which route they go, I could very well see episode six being my personal favorite, depending on how big the stakes end up being, which we'll get into later. Yeah, this was my favorite episode as well, because I thought it, the character performances by everyone was just fantastic. Like you said, Aiden, seeing all the different versions of Loki's and the Easter eggs was really cool, too, doing some fan service there. But we started the episode off in an intrigue spot because we didn't know where they were going to go. And we left the episode in another intrigue spot, which is great. And the middle part, you know, they continued on with these character developments, with the relationships, but as well in this whole new beyond the world of time that we don't know anything about. So that was also just really interesting and fun to watch as the episode progressed. I was reading some reviews um, around the internet. Like I saw some people complaining about the conversations between you know, Loki and Sylvie. They thought that was too slow. I love that. I thought that was great. I thought the whole episode, I, I wanted more of that. Like I know Steve has talked about the runtime earlier in this episode. Uh, we've mentioned this before. Like these last couple episodes have been so good. I want a little bit more of that dialogue between these two, all these characters because they're doing such a great job with it. And it's so interesting because it's stuff that we don't really know anything about. So I would just, wish that they would go a little bit longer for, for some of these episodes but this one was my favorite episode by far or not by far but it was my favorite episode and it left me in a position where I'm really excited as I have been for every single one of these next new episodes coming out on Wednesdays for the finale because you know what I mean it's up in the air we really do not know unlike you know Falcon and Winter Soldier and to an extent WandaVision what's going to happen the thing with this episode is, you know, Aid mentioned the fan service and the comic stuff. Like, they showed it, they gave it to us. They really don't have to do anything with it other than, like, it was basically just like, oh my God, look at all this cool stuff. Like, if it ends up being used again, like, that's pretty cool. But that's a second step in terms of, like, the stuff that they showed. Like, the Living Tribunal, like, if the Living Tribunal is dead, like, and they talk about that in a future, like, project like that's crazy because the living tribunal plays such a huge role in in some of the comics and throg is just like that's hilarious like people were making fun of that like maybe him appearing because of the alligator loki and boom he's in a jar and you see uh mjolnir and that's just that's just funny stuff but there's also these you know other things that i think are they if they're unintentional then it's just absurd like avengers tower wasn't avengers tower it was the Kang Corp, which is owned by Nathaniel Richards in the comics. Uh, Nathaniel Richards is Kang. So, like, it, they just, you know, it, was it a throwaway? No. Is it, you know, are they leading us down a Kang rabbit hole? Like, the thing with the idea of introducing Kang is, like, A, this, this is different between, like, you know, a secondary vis- uh, villain and WandaVision. Like, 
they introduced Agatha Harkness as the villain in episode seven. There were nine episodes. There was no chance in all reality that, that they were going to introduce another villain after introducing one already, you know, seven episodes in. Like, but this is episode six of a series whose true, you know, puppet master has yet to be revealed. Um, Kang is slated to be appearing in a movie that comes out in 12 months, which means you'll have a trailer in six months, which means you'll probably have your first visuals of Kang in the next six to eight months at a minimum. So, and if, you know, you're dealing with a show with time and the idea of Kang the Conqueror coming into the MCU, he will had to have conquered already. So this episode and this show can kind of explore the background of what he has conquered. And I'm assuming if it's this route, like it'll have been this one timeline. He has conquered this timeline and kept it perfect until this point. So the idea of like, you know, oh, why wasn't it Mephisto or where's Magneto or in WandaVision? Like that was absurd and that was so far-fetched. But these little, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not even gonna call these cookie crumbs. I'm gonna call these half pieces of cookie just being laid out about oh. like Kang. Yeah, like this is, and also- we're talking half pieces of cookies. Yeah, we're talking half of cookies, just just Jeez. in a room. And here's the thing, you could have used any judge from the TVA, but yeah. you used Kang's love interest. Like you could have used all, you could have used anybody. There's plenty. I know I was reading about a couple of them um, from Avengers uh, 15, which is when Kang's introduced. There's, there's 15 TVA judges they could have used but they pick the one that sets Kang free. Like, it's just like, you know, you don't, you don't have to buy into it necessarily when it's kind of just being put in front of you. Like it's, these things are obvious in the sense of like, you know, they're hinting at his, you know, appearance coming, but it's not like he's an unconfirmed character for the future. He's a, he's a confirmed character for the future. And I think it's great because what's crazy is Kang might not even have to make a visual appearance in the show like if they just do a name drop and then you realize after, you know, this show ends basically on a cliffhanger in the sense of like, who is Kang? But we know it's him, like that sort of thing. Um, but the thing is, you know, speaking of runtime and, you know, the direction of the show, you know, I expect some sort of villainous reveal, but that leaves another... 46 and a half minutes to fill and i have no idea like maybe it'll be difficult for them to get to that house again like just to literally travel to it maybe that'll take a minute or two i don't know but this is the first series where i think after episode eight of wandavision we kind of knew like it wasn't going to be this spectacular finale like we had we certainly had a feel and falcon Winter soldier in the episode five basically told us the ending they were like we're going after carly that was it this show i have no registered guess as yeah. to what occurs next i want to go back to what you were saying about the differences between mephisto and the king mephisto was a lot of fan like theories it was kind of trying to make it it's again it's your first episode that uh, first season first series uh on disney plus and you're expecting something huge and you're trying to process how all this is happening and who's in control and it just always felt as though Agatha wouldn't be kind of the main villain. And there was definitely some teases and maybe a couple of hints, but there was no, nothing as concrete as we're seeing with Kang. Obviously, the, the Kang Tower in the background, Ravana's being used, the whole dealing with this whole notion of time, which is essentially Kang's MO, 
plus the whole fact that King's already confirmed, which is a big crucial thing in appearing in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It's, Mephisto had never been confirmed. He'd only been heavily rumored. And I don't even think any like big sources had mentioned it. Um, but like it, it, it makes sense. And I was telling Billy before you get on, Steve, there's two options. I think we said even discussed it relatively in depth last episode, especially about King. I think the leader is King. Um, even in, even like the big mansion in the in the in the final shot looks like where like King's what is it? Not his hideout, but essentially his his home, his his base, his, castle, right? his dominion. Yeah, but it's either King, who I think is likely. Or I think there is still a possibility we kind of go down this this Disney Plus route of not under delivering, but just kind of not having any massive big guns other than the title characters in terms well, of it being a Loki variant. I think that's still a possibility that there's some other Loki variant who's running this thing. There's uh, there's a third option, and that's he who remains being the the action an actual powerful timekeeper um, who is just living at the end of time and and the character's name is he who remains and it is just it is uh, someone who worked and power was powerful enough to protect the timeline but he is dying essentially and you can you know maybe that'll explain why not that he was able to be found but that the you know the tva couldn't truthfully control these variants like his time was winding down and then he who remains could move on leaving you know loki or sylvie to rule the timeline like that would be how a you get a little bit of closure but then you're like wait a second now loki or sylvie has the power to you know control this timeline and i think the focus of this is going to be um uh whoever if that if that route is taken like the multiverse will be explained but you know they'll have to you know he who remains will explain that you know look what became of me after trying to control all of these universes you know loki and sylvie you get to pick one like you you can't you can't rule the multiverse but now you know now that he who remains dies you know the multiverse is not left unprotected but unchecked so it does seem like everything is leading towards kang and as someone who is not really familiar with kang and reading everything I mean, it's all these theories that, like you said, it's not even cookie crumbs. It's like half of a cookie just leading directly to him. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that he's already confirmed in a future movie, and if like characters like Renslayer, who's tied to Kang, I would say that it wouldn't be, and then it would be just another Loki. But it's with them, with Feige teasing this affecting the greater depths of the future mcu and us having that theory that this was going to just have some huge character announced or shown at the end of it now i'm starting to think that it is kang i mean and me saying that could it could totally be the other loki's version or he who remains but i'm kind of thinking it is kang now just from because everything does seem to be pointed at that and it's good this series we know is going to shape the future of the MCU for the next couple of years. So, I mean, I think, and like you said, Steve, like maybe it takes them a while to get to Kang at the end. There could be some open-ended questions at the end of this series. I mean, especially if we're going to be staying at a 42 minute runtime, because there's still, I mean, I am like dead set that Loki is still going to be in Thor. 
I don't know if he's going to get out somehow because Loki survived, as we know, as that was shown in this past episode. So I think there's going to be a lot of things that transpire and we might not get the, the answers to them, but I think we're going to get a, I do think we're going to get a Kang reveal. I hope so. You know, all it would take for this episode to A, you know, not, well, yeah, for it to be, you know, a major influence on the Phase 4 timeline and the, like, backing up the idea that the ramifications of this show are heavy is you could get to a point in the episode where you have Sylvie and Loki approaching a chair, the chair flips around, it's Kang, and the show ends. Like, that would be enough to the point where you don't know what happens to those three characters in that, that time. You know that A, it was Kang all alone and also all along, and that he is, you know, essentially ruling over time. And like the third thing is, you know, Jesus Christ, Kang the Conquerors in the MCU. Like, what the hell do we do now? Like, where, like, what are the Avengers going to deal with him? Is Ant Man going to be like, you know, in the quantum realm and then somehow, you know, float by these three guys right here? And, and you know, that's how he discovers. Kang, but you know, Scott Lang's a moron, so he probably doesn't know who Kang is. You know, will uh Hank Pym know something about Kang, you know, from his his research of the quantum realm? I, I don't know. Will Janet Van Dyne like that would be major questions for phase four, for Ant Man three, the show, Loki's future, Kang's here, what do we do? Like so just a simple chair turn would set the world on fire. I'm very intrigued, though, how this last episode plays out, because I feel as though you've mentioned it on each one, and it's it, it it's this, like, I have no idea, as Stevie said earlier, where it's going to go, but obviously you talked about connecting to Ant-Man and the Wasp, but does it connect to any other movies? Like the one thing I, was... I will say is this show prides itself on dialogue, and I can very easily see 20 minutes of Kang and Loki just jawing back and forth. Kang is a supreme intellect and Loki, you know, loves hearing himself talk. So like, you know, you could have this, this basically this Shakespearean intellectual conversation, not like the Kenneth Brownish shit, like the whole like one-on-one conversation back and forth between two people of almost, you know, on, on par, maybe a little bit more drawn out than like Professor X and Magneto. Like they're, they're basically not political conversations, but they're idealistic conversations on probably power i'm assuming they would talk about power and you know maybe life purpose like loki is completely in you know re rediscovered his not purpose in life but his basically will to live and kang is a dominion uh, conquering person of time so like you know if they wanted to go that route of like basically 20 minutes of just us kind of on the edge of our seat because like at any point kang could maybe kill loki something like that like just keeping us sort of thinking, you know, while they're having this conversation and then, you know, is, yeah. you know, Sylvie's fate being up in the air as well. And it's maybe just, it's Kang playing like, Loki. Regardless of who it is, when do they show him? Is it a, is there something, is it like a final reveal and that's a cliffhanger? Is it like an immediate? Is it, do we focus on Ravana and like Rensai and her trying to figure out, do we even believe her? There's just so many questions. And 
it, it kind of feels like I can see how this can set up a second season because let's depending on how Loki gets out of it, Kang maybe goes off, has his own not side adventure, but his own story continues in Quantum Mania, maybe further. Kind of Loki's free to do it on his own, but there's so many question marks. And I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was kind of like, you, you, as you said, you kind of knew where that final episode was going. WandaVision, you, you were, I feel like we were hoping for that reveal, but you, you kind of, you, 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 this is the first series where I generally have no idea where it's going, other than my, my confidence that it will be Kang, but also they said it's connected to the MCU. I mean, is it simply just, will that connection that Feige especially teased about connection, is this just Kang? I mean, I thought the void was how we were going to get the multiverse. I think I was wrong yet again. I've been wrong this whole thing. Like, I was like, this is it. This is in multiple versions of the characters. This is how we're getting the multiverse to get freed. Like, I don't know anymore. Like, it didn't seem like many people were alive on that place. So, I mean, I, it's a kind of a prevalent theme through WandaVision and our Loki discussions. Obviously, Falcon and Winter Soldier get grounded spy throws. We didn't. How are we getting the multiverse? Like, like how's that going to happen? There's, God, I mean, I like the, the, the direction this show, I think, has been perfect in terms of, I feel like, in a good way, confused after each episode on the direction and what was going to happen. I've been kind of not right on anything, which I think is good. Um, I mean, we discussed last week kind of the predictability of the show. I feel as though it hasn't been that predictable. And it's that's not, why I've been it's enjoying it. It's not been predictable. It's just had moments where, like, I think it was intentionally obvious. Like, I think, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound pretentious in the way that like you know I, I, this is the first time i've been right you know in three series but like i felt that the way the timekeepers were being spoken of was so obviously like cultish and like you know whatever the wizard he does he does because because like that's like that was so like just in your face like you know look at these giant statues of these sacred timekeepers and the sacred timeline and it felt very like you know big brother and you know this cult phenomenon in the tva and then especially when they showed the the three figures in basically the the wizard of oz's office like just how ridiculous it was like i think the whole point of you know not it being predictable just like look 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 at this look at this look at this and then like you have the main villain totally like five miles in the back that way but you just they want you to look this way while other things are happening over here and you're not not that you're not paying attention you just you don't have the capacity to pick up on it like it's impossible i do wish that they had kind of made it less like that steve because i would have loved to have been surprised by seeing the timekeepers the way that they were because i feel like we were kind of spot on with that like that would have been a, a huge twist that i feel like would have been really interesting and just put a throne to everyone for a loop. I just think that, you know, part of the... I don't know if it would have been uh, such a surprise because the idea that we would... And I, I'll put this on all of us. Like, I don't think at, if this hadn't been revealed, I don't think after five episodes we would have believed that five or three space lizards were ruling all time. Like, well, I they would have had to change the aspects for, like, them being space lizards and everything like if they just kind of molded the characters differently and had set it up i would have preferred that just personally like one thing i could see is like kang applauding the intellect of loki and sylvie for figuring out that the 
you know, breaking breaking through the idea that the timekeepers are a, was a crock of shit, and you know, getting to this point, and then, you know, I don't know. It, it, like Kang has supreme intellect, so that's that's one of his main main powers. So, I think that I mean, like I said earlier, Loki's survive. I think Loki is going to be around after this episode. I don't think he will. He or Sylvie will meet their demise. I think somehow something i mean i don't know what's going to happen where they're going to go but if it's him and kang if that's what ends up happening you know they will both have we know kang's gonna have a story in the future loki's gonna have some sort of story as well but i want to touch on what aiden said like he's looking for how we get the like the multiverse like i don't know like how like what's gonna be described but i feel like we've we're in it like we've got of it it's we've got a proof of it with all these different versions of, I, of I Loki, and we got so. the different versions of Thor, we got so like it's just how like when when are we going to visit these other timelines that that sort of thing. But we are to me, we are clearly in the multiverse. Like the technology being used by the TVA or whatever the TVA is, like they may not be you know all supreme like powerful time beings, but they have the power to travel throughout time fairly easily and they are actually they are traveling through time like it is confirmed they are moving through different realities and and dimensions you know and keeping the peace per se but the technology exists you know uh what what the avengers did was you know that time heist was very very thought out and drawn out for the purpose of that movie but you know you know whoever's behind all of this could be way smarter than all the Avengers combined, i.e. Kang, knowing how to travel throughout time fairly instantly, giving this technology to people way beneath him and just have them having the ability to just boom, 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 you know, Rome 1554 and like, boom, you're there. So that I agree with Billy. I think like the multiverse exists. We're in it. We've seen it. It's just going to be a matter of time before we visit other worlds. Like, the Loki, Richard E. Grant's Loki is is what Loki grows up to be in, you know, another, basically, like, you know, what people say, you know, oh, in, in another time, like, I, I would have lasted longer. Or, you know, Kid Loki killed Thor, but Big Loki didn't. Tom Hiddleston's Loki didn't. It's just, they are clearly different dimensions, and they're clearly different universes, and it's only a matter of time before we just go to one. We just pull up, and we're going to be in a different universe. I thought it was interesting um, with Richard E. Grant's Loki, classical Loki, when he said, I miss my family and want to go visit them again. Because over the course of the last decade in the MCU, like you could sense for sure Loki's jealousy mm-hmm. with Thor and he's envious for everything that Thor gets that Loki's not able to receive. But they do like enjoy their, their time together at cer- certain times. Like you can definitely see, especially as you know the projects went on and the years went on after you know the battle of new york there is some affection from loki because there's always been affection towards loki from thor but loki's returned it in certain certain ways and you know i think now if he gets out and we see loki and thor you know meet up again i think we're going to have a very different dynamic there i loved how michael waldron i think you mentioned, Steve, how Richard E. Grant's the Loki who, kind of like Loki was, I guess, supposed to become like the alternate version in a way, but 
we talked earlier about the Easter eggs, but one of the biggest fan theories in the aftermath of Endgame was, oh, Loki, or excuse me, at the end of Infinity War, War. oh, Loki cast a um, projection, projection, and that's who found us killed, and Loki snuck off somewhere. And I do like how Marvel listens to the fans. James Gunn's mentioned that some of his ideas come from, like, he literally goes on the threads and Reddit and how the WandaVision writers were like, you guys had some really good ideas. Like, Michael Waldron, I'm impressed. He's he's really taking a lot of ideas that people have been clowning for. I love that idea. And, like, it makes you wonder, like, can Loki go back and do that? Like, who knows? Like, there's so so much at play here, but... If I'm giving it, I just heard you mention him and we haven't really touched fully on his performance. If you're giving him the MVP of the episode, it, it was Richard E. Grant. Like, oh, I don't think there's a question the, about it. I the mean, scene of him projecting Asgard. Well, so he, alligator Loki? Yeah. <laughs> alligator Loki was a dog. Did you guys notice in the scene where all the Lokis are fighting, Kid Loki and um, Alligator Loki did um, get help? Get help. And Kid Loki threw Alligator Loki at one yeah. of the other Lokis. <laughs> So uh, I love that. There's just some, this was one of those episodes where it felt like a movie in terms of like, there was not even a movie, like the whole MC where there's so many little callbacks and Easter eggs. Like it felt like that when like, you're looking back, like, look at this. And I saw that. And there's like all these little things that you had to like really know and understand. Well, some of the past two shows, there was little Easter eggs per se, like one would expect, but there wasn't like a, a full episode where you're like, yes, yes, yes. Like all these little things. So that's what I loved about it. Richard E. Grant's, you know, he's, I mean, he's a hell of an actor. I don't think that's, that's ever a question. Academy Award winner, I believe. Right. So, I mean, this, he also has, you know, stage credit too. And he had, he used a very diverse portfolio, but when you just saw when, you know, Loki was like, what's your Nexus event? And long story short, it's like, I turned out to be a good person. Like I, I, I like that was basically what had happened. Like he, he escaped, but like, the problem with him was he flipped like he, he was good Loki. He was a Loki who wanted to care and wanted to be an Asgardian and wanted to be the Prince of Asgard. And then, you know, the last thing we see as he sacrificed himself, sacrificing himself as the hero, you know, that caused him to be sent to the void, you know, he builds his home and he, he helps a Loki get back to presumably his home. I mean, I, you know, I don't think, classical loki was very you know hard set on him going back to asgard but he was using his home as the final battleground per se to to help a loki who who could you know maybe set others free like you know he was doing he he was sacrificing himself to for somebody else to do what he wanted to do and is which is why he got sent to the void and it was just it was incredible. And, and that scene, as it was happening, I was just blown away. I was like, Oh my God, like, this is, this is unreal. Like, and that, when I first, when you first started out, I did laugh a little bit because the towers were going up in green and I was literally like, Oh, it's the Emerald city. Like it's another wizard of Oz callback, but he was just like, just, it was jaw dropping the scene where, you know, you were waiting for somebody to come help. Like, you know, Sylvie and Loki were struggling with the enchantments. So they're like, oh, who's going to come? Not save the day, but Mobius is gone. And who's, who's going to be that one more assist? And, you know, part of me was like, what if it's Thor? Like, you know, but that would have been insane, obviously, because they already said Thor's not in the series. But 
that was just an incredible moment. Him throwing up Asgard and sacrificing himself, I guess. Is he dead? I don't know. The guy said he casted a, a projection so powerful that it fooled Thanos. It easily That means it could easily fool Sylvie and Loki. And he's probably powerful enough to the point where he can make it look like he was doing all that at the same time while he was just in the background, you know. I do think he's dead. I think that was a second. I think I think it was a one-off. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with you. I definitely think it was a one-off. I don't think he's ready to kind of jump right in uh, to a you know a recurring role as yeah, classic. I don't think there's a need. No, I, there isn't. I didn't. I don't. I, I don't really know what I expected of him, but there wasn't that. I could tell you that, and it just also. I mean, he's gonna be the bad guy. Unlock. It's safe to assume. Oh, I'm yeah, saying like I, I thought in the he beginning. was gonna be one. Like I, I don't even know he's gonna be a bad guy. I thought he would be kind of like the puppeteer. Like, I, yeah. Who knows? Like there was a there early on. You didn't think I didn't think of the TV as a bad guy. But then yeah, so I assumed that. I that one of the few things I was right about. I did say Richard gonna be an old Loki, just not in that capacity. But I think it's also another interesting avenue kind of going to explore and it was kind of hinted at oh you saw him obviously with the t- uh, telepathy he stopped the building from falling and then now him and sylvie kind of unlocked him by trying to enchant um Alioth. but richard e grant kind of shows the potential of what loki can do and loki has a lot of powers that he's relatively minor so far what we've seen from him and i think that's just another interesting like within the world and not a movie analysis or show excuse me show analysis or a plot point is just going to be interesting because he's a much more powerful character than we've been uh, been shown. And uh, one could assume, based on what we've seen, that we're going to really start to see him unlocking these powers, which is going to be fascinating to explore. Yeah, that'll definitely be fun to watch. But I think uh, come Emmy season, I think we could be looking at Richard E. Grant for uh, like a guest appearance in a TV show. Because I mean, he was just spectacular, and you know, that would definitely qualify for him as being in only one episode, I guess, too, if you count the mid-credit scene. But if that's all that is in store for him for this, you know, for this season or just in general for the MCU, that was you know a nice little pit stop for him. But I wanted to ask you guys, what did you think when, in the beginning of the episode, when Sylvie was talking to Renslayer, and Renslayer's like, "Oh, I want to help." find out who was lying to me i thought she was lying the whole time like i thought she had something up her sleeve never for a second that i believe her the question is whether it was never whether she you knew for the minute they didn't even try to really conceal that she was never trying to help him my question is does ravana truly not know who's behind the tva and i think I, I, i believe it and i believe she is despite the unknown she just wants to keep the status quo no matter what she's content in keeping the status quo for her that's her goal I think it was almost confirmed that she was not full of shit, but just that she was just as in the dark as all of us with her little interaction with B-15. I mean, B-15 is a master interrogator, and that was that was not taken from her when her memory was put back in. Like, she had, you know, she has recalled some of the things she did, and she spent time with the TVA as, you know, interrogator and a, and a lead, uh, whatever they are, hunter or judge, like, you know, but... So when she basically explained the motive of Sylvie, it just confirmed that, you know, Ravana doesn't know per se what exactly is going on here. She's not necessarily just as in the dark, but she 
is just playing the role of the TVA, like pointlessly. And B-15 was like, yeah, you're, you're full of shit. Like you don't know anything. You, you have nothing on, you have no advantage here. Like basically like you are, you are a step behind. You definitely don't know what's going on and you're protecting something that you don't even know what you're protecting. That's kind of how I interpreted that scene. And that was another scene where B-15 was just like, yeah, I'm gonna steal the show real quick. (laughs) And then that was it. And you know, they closed the door on her literally and figuratively. I believe yeah, she, she she was solid in that scene. Um, it, I kind of think that Red Slayer might have some knowledge about all this, though. I'm going to disagree with you. I though. think Miss Minutes is something that we are just yeah, totally Ms. underselling. Miss Minutes is a lot. Miss Minutes, Minutes, Minutes is either my thing with her is she's either the you know digital projection of whomever's in charge, and it'll be a very like you know weird way to show you know, that the person who's behind this all is keeping tabs on the TVA um, or she is someone who was real and is just trapped in this, you know, essentially not slate. Well, yeah, a, a slave of whomever is behind this, like is she, she or they is, is being forced to perform this role of the, the propaganda face of the TVA and, well, maybe maybe we'll meet Miss Minutes. Maybe Miss Minutes is the minion of whoever is kind of pulling all the strings, and we'll see the human version of Miss Minutes. And you know, we're gonna then feel bad for Miss Minutes because she's helpless and we nothing. She can't you know save herself. Something something along that lines. But we're definitely not overlooking. It's just we have no basis to make a guess as to who she is. But she's a huge part, I think. I think for sure. I, I, I'll guarantee that. I think she's a huge part of the last episode. Can you imagine if Miss Minutes is the final boss? That would be crazy. Would be I'm sick. interested to see what uh, what's going to happen with Mobius because that's uh, going to happen simultaneously. I, think I really hope that burns, door. Really burns the whole place to the ground. Great that callback, by the way, to the first episode. Yeah, it was. I think... It, sorry, Billy, for cutting you off. I just want to say I agree with you. I think it, I could totally see the episode being Sylvie and Logie kind of going into the, the castle, trying to find out who's behind this. And that's like a slow burn. And then, I'm, and then you're like cutting back and forth and then Mobius back in the TV. I really just want to see Mobius on a jet ski at the end of it. It's got to happen. It has to happen. I have, a, I have a scorching hot take. Maybe. Yeah, that, that, I, I didn't... See, this is where I'm going to like kind of like compare this to WandaVision. When I wanted the Monica scene to be like in like the last scene, you know, in the actual episode, and then to have move the Wanda the cabin up and then show something else crazy at the end, like I think the we need to have one mid credit scene that's involved with something else, some other project in the future, and then the end credit scene just Mobius riding a jet ski for like five seconds. I don't that has, that's a great like end credit scene. The ones that are kind of throwaways, but you stay in the theater for five, seven more minutes type of thing. I don't think we see him again in the series. Mobius? Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's, exactly. a heavy, that's a heavy disagree for me. That's yeah. why I, it's a scorching hot take, I guess. Do like, you I don't actually know. think that? Yes, I actually do not think he appears in the next episode. The only thing I will give you, they, they did, the only 
credence I'll give to it and not as strong disagree like Billy is his hug it, it felt very like goodbye like goodbye and then he walked character. through another door like he 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 left in my mind that was him leaving the story I don't think Ravana is still at the TVA Renslayer still at the TVA so like yeah, they're gonna revisit that again like I don't think that Mobius comes in contact with Loki or Sylvie for the rest of the. That's that's episode. definitely that's definitely but, fair. I don't know. I just. But I, think, I definitely think he's going to have a part in this last episode. I interpreted that as he was walking away from this Loki story. He gave his hugs and he said his goodbyes, and that was it. I will say another that that scene with uh, Loki saying goodbye to Mobius. Just I, I think that's kind of the epitome of just like the the great acting that they did. That was actually like heartstring. I, I had a little tear. I was. I didn't even have. I didn't have a tear, nor did I have a lump in my throat. But I was like, my heart was bumping. Another scene that made me feel some kind of way was and uncomfortable was Loki and Sylvie in the blanket. Because like, are they are they gonna kiss? Like, what do we got going on here? And I was like, and now just, Palermo got me in my head about it, and I was like, hey, just we need friends. We need that type of spice in the MCU. Here's the thing. These are two variants of each other who have never actually had a friend and they're on the same wavelength and they're connecting because they are themselves but you know they were not going to kiss that was the point there was an awkward tension but they were both realizing that they finally had found a friend see that that kiss would be less awkward than the ray and kylo ren i was just about to say that (laughs) that kiss would have much more foundation and make much more sense than the other one yes I've been going and reordering my uh, like my entire movie, like not re-ranking my entire movies list because I've been trying to do a hundred re-rank today because like I realized when I'm placing new ones, I'm like, how is like this movie so low? Because like your opinion constantly change. And Rise of Skywalker was like, I you guys will mock me, it was like 140 on my list. I was like, what on earth was I think? Because I remember I, I came out of it. Steve, I'm pretty sure you were the same way. Yeah, I, was I, just like, I that liked was, it. In yeah. like, I was like, oh, that was dope. Because yeah, I, like, I, liked I, I do service. remember debating with the two of you because I did not care for it. No, uh, I don't remember. Uh, there were the most like the Kylo and Ray kiss. Like that was terrible. No, the problem was it. It literally good. was like instantaneous. Like a day later, I was just thinking, I was like, yeah. oh no. That was stupid. That was yeah. dumb. <laughs> that did like, not work. I was, yeah, I it, was, it was like a couple, for me, it was a couple days later. When it, I guess you know what did it for me? Work. When they visited the Carrie Russell planet, I was just like, oh, God. What did it for me was the... Uh, no, that's when I was like, wait, you you, you got this wrong. No, what, for me, it was the thing that we discussed at one point, which like they did the math and the amount of people who like had to been like hidden away in the planet was like... Like close, like well, well, it was some ridiculous number. Like there was a hundred. Oh yeah, it's like a hundred billion people. Or it, yeah. no, it might have been some. Yeah, you might. It might have yeah. been like billion. Like it was like because the amount of people on like the star like yeah. um, killer show. No, that was. That I was, was kind of like there was so much dysfunction between. So that dropped. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was just a random sign. But I think so. This Mobius isn't like a minor character in this no but he's no. a secondary character but yeah i was so i just finished re-watching ant-man and the wasp earlier today uh-huh. so i have three more movies that i need to I like re-watch in the mcu but it just reminded me like in wandavision we had another secondary character in jimmy woo that absolutely stole the show 
And I think, like, in the future, Jimmy Woo deserves his own MCU TV show. And if Mobius has some sort of story arc down the line, I would love to see him get revisited as well. Because I, Owen I don't Wilson think that happens. A fantastic job. I, I think, think it's more likely with Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo, yeah. And I actually think that's kind of, like, needed. Because Jimmy, he was just, that character is just fantastic. I think Jimmy Woo appears. I think they, I mean, WandaVision did a lot of things in my mind wrong, but one thing they did was they definitely laid the groundwork for the future of all of the characters that had previously previously existed. Like Wanda obviously is shown. White Vision has the memories of the regular Vision and flies off. Uh, Monica becomes some sort of sword something something. And Jimmy Woo is praised by sword agents for how he handled operations on the ground. You know, sword is going to be both in the air and on the ground. So I think that they definitely laid the groundwork for Jimmy Wu to be not a focal point, but a, you know, I would say a tier lower than a Coulson or Maria Hill for, for sword. Like it's just a character who will be ever present in, in the idea of sword on the ground. So like, that's something that, you know, does he get his own show? I don't know, but is he, sword director uh like Terran uh, of, of earth like maybe yeah probably they, they they laid the groundwork for it i think it just goes back to also they clearly do listen to fans like yeah. even if they don't necessarily always well deliver, if they listen to all the fans then that'd be crazy and no no no, no i'm not saying but, they deliver but there's clear recognition from the creators of these shows that like they hear like they see the big fan theories they hear like the big campaigns and Jimmy Woo to get his own X Files X show has a lot of buzz. Like they, there's no doubt that in their boardrooms they're considering it because they know it has legs. So that wouldn't surprise me at all if he um, gets his own show or he's a crucial character in the TV side of things. I don't think Mobius gets one. I, I think Owen Wilson probably maybe is a one-stop shop for a show and then maybe a cameo like a here and there, but. If he cameos in a future project as Mobius, that'd be awesome. Just again, a, a classic MCU callback further down the line. Speaking of cameos, uh, I don't know if you noticed in the What If trailer today that Howard the Duck will be making another appearance. Yeah, the What If trailer that that form of animation I think is gorgeous. I love how that looks. Like that weird, like the three D, almost like Spider Verse, like the three D combined with like the two D esque elements. That- you're fantastic that it's- show is is going to be very very interesting um that's something where they just should not release it every week and they should give everybody the full season like netflix does like normal people and so you can kind of just run through it at your own pace um i don't think it'll drum us drum up as much hype if you know if you do it on a weekly basis because I, I think now that I think of it, I actually think the show is going to connect. Like I thought it was going to be individual stories, but now it looks like this will be a what if universe after this trailer, like, you know, different what if stories interacting. So I think that they should just give it all at once and you can kind of digest it on your own because A, it's not canon and B, well, it's not canon, but it might be, but it's not. Yeah, it was. Time. It's not canon. I just I'm gonna enjoy watching it with no. It's a, the rare Marvel product where you can kind of go in and not have to theorize or like think about the ramifications or like dissect it. You just go in and have fun with it, see some other realities and some interesting ideas. 
yeah, it's going to be interesting. Some episodes I can see being really cool, and some I can see just being like, oh, okay, like what was that was that was all right. I watched it, which I is think. why I think you should get we should get it all at once. But I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, like it's going to be something to watch. It'll definitely be intriguing. Or do what SpongeBob what did coming up with, and do two episodes in one, and do like a you know you get two on Wednesday, and then next week you get the next two. Maybe have those two episodes connect. I don't know. I, I just don't think that they should do it every week and treat it like something it's not. Just something to keep pumping out, keep the fans. On no, I mean, it's, definitely a, it's definitely a passion project of Marvel's to get yeah, into it's, the cartoon it's, uh, it's, uh, the, Again, my big thing was not even the stories. The animation looks generally great. Like, I'm like, yeah. wow. That trailer looks like... No. I'm very excited for the Captain Carter uh episode i i like that idea chadwick's last uh last role last visual voice yeah that's unfortunate that, because... that's the other big news again and from just yeah. marvel the black panther will kind of forever angela bassett reveals like the script's constantly changing and it's not like a like what are they doing like they're in like a note they're in such a it's truly tr- now you do a tragic loss the hollywood reporter life. so i read the article brought up a very very fine point like change in marvel when they, they when certain cast members have come out with the the idea that the script is kind of confusing the last three times that was said the first was the first avengers movie the second was guardians of the galaxy volume two and the third was avengers infinity war and two of the three worked out pretty well i mean guardians volume two is still a good movie but it's got it's got great moments and talk about proper send-offs for characters like it's got a couple of really well done deaths um so change in marvel not a bad thing i'm, I'm not if this was a dc project i'd be like all right just throw it in the trash but if marvel's constantly you know rewriting the script also how many times has marvel not told car- uh, actors what the hell happens to the characters just for, for protection purposes yeah. so like i this early on i'm not worried because they started filming already and you lost your star so it's gonna... well that's why i'm a little that's why i am a little worried because they did lose their star i just they were definitely left without a clear direction of where to go i trust ryan coogler to handle uh the second, like, what do you second, want to... yeah no one should have any direction of where to go they lost yeah. the pillar of their franchise like I know that's what I'm saying. No, I know. Like in reality, so they honestly, what I was reading in a top comment, and it made a lot of sense, and it was from a fan, but they were just like, most fans, uh, because people are crazy. Like we, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say all, because I know there are people out there who are insane, but most fans would respect the decision to be like, let's just postpone this for another year or two, and they would completely understand why and they would be totally fine with it and you could totally get away with now unless they are unless something that's already been filmed in another you know movie was supposed to set this you know set the stage for it then i can totally understand why they want to keep on schedule but if you postpone this to the point where you introduce characters and storylines and maybe have some characters from this that are supposed to be in this movie be in other movies like while you're kind of figuring out what you want to do with Chadwick, it's fine. It's understandable and it's fine, but you don't need to rush it is the point. Like you, it's, and you know what, to be honest, if you find a way to get, you know, send off Chadwick 
then without this movie, you don't even have to do the movie. Like, I, if if that makes sense, like if you, if you can if you can do it in an Avengers level movie uh, of just not sending off Chadwick, but just showing off the idea of moving on from the Black Panther. Like, I get it. You know, on the business side, you want to stay in Wakanda, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But. I mean, there's going to be the Wakanda show. I feel like there, there's avenues to explore Wakanda. It's just tough. And I mean, it's like obviously Shuri in the comics, but were they in, like, was Latita right? Like, was that ever in the plans? And if it wasn't, which more than likely it probably wasn't. I don't think it was. Latita, because Latita Wright is like, it's a lot easier. Like, like, obviously they had these plans for years to have Falcon eventually take it. Like, I don't think they had ever plans for um, even 10 years down the line for what to do with Black Panther. So when you I think Chadwick was obviously, and I don't, so Kevin Feige said he didn't know about his condition until during Infinity War. So I think the plan probably right before Civil War was like, all right, we're going to do Wakanda and Black Panther is going to be the pillar when we yeah, move on him spider-man yeah. dr strange were probably the yeah. big three of the, the big phase three of, of phase four yeah. but now you can't that's i guess my point is it, it doesn't appear as though there was any even future plans We're like all right let's just move this up give chadwick a beautiful send-off and then let's just advance it like i don't think there were plans for the post chadwick black panther at any point and it's just such a terrible tragedy i'd like them to pass it to mbaku and then not have the and you, you don't have to, you could still have the world of Wakanda, but it doesn't have to be the Black Panther. You could just be the king of Wakanda. Yeah. Um, that's what I would like them to do. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't like Angela Bassett saying that, though. I think you got to respect Ryan Coogler's predicament because it's unfathomable. Well, I didn't read the article. You read it. Was the. Was the clip like as bad, or sometimes it's just taken out of context? No, it was. It was basically like you know, there's not a clear direction they want to go in. They they haven't really decided, you know. So they were saying that Marvel, at least when they're starting production, at least shares what their thoughts are on like where they want to go from here with this movie. Like, what's the purpose of the movie? And they don't know it yet. So, like, they gave an example, like, the purpose of Infinity War was to have the original Avengers left to save the world. So, that means what? They lose, somehow. But you don't know how, because they didn't film it yet. So, the purpose of this Black Panther 2 movie is blank, because they don't know what to do. So, like, and another example was Spider-Man Homecoming set up Spider-Man, make him a carable, uh, a character people care about, and don't create any large lasting ramifications in, in, in the in the greater phase three. Like it was an origin story. Like that was the point. Um, without even, you know, kind of going into his background. But yeah, that's, I mean we'll that's see. another story for another day. Yeah, we, we shall see that's years down line. But I was just trying to realize we talked about what i talked about the black panther as i say let's circle back as usual grades for this loki episode and any any predictions or theories on the final episode of the season i'll start yeah. so i gave not so we established this is not a rookie score because that of 100 but i gave it a 90 um my favorite episode of the series so far 
great character performances. I liked how we went in. Coming into the episode right in the beginning, we did not know what was going to go on, what was going to happen. Um, we're exploring this land. We got reunited with Mobius, which I loved. All the other Lokis with great performances by them. We got a great character um, stuff, um, the fan service. And then, you know, we're left off at this great cliffhanger for the finale. So, I mean, just a com- very, very well done from the whole episode. I mean, it was just the only thing I could really ask for was more of it and I mean but it was a great way to set up the finale which should be a really exciting finale and the plot progressed I mean just overall so well done 90 out of 100 93 I mentioned I gave the last one a 90 I set it on uh for episode four I think this was a step up by easily clearly 93. It's my second highest graded uh, Disney Plus MCU show, um, specifically this episode, I should say, behind the fourth episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm just pleasantly surprised in a way because I was anticipating this episode to, and again, I understand rather than like, I'm like, oh, this clearly is the best. I, I feel as though I was pleasantly surprised also by not just the events that occurred and seeing it was some really great comedic moments. Richard E. Grant had a great performance, the Easter eggs, um, and then the cliffhanger. But I also kind of liked how the cliffhanger left open the idea like the next episode could be better. Uh, obviously, after the last two, I think like, there was a kind of clear consensus that the finales didn't necessarily hit it out of the park. I think uh, there is still hope for this one to absolutely nail the finale. So 93 out of 100. So... I gave it a 97 and I'll keep it short-winded. So this is one of two Disney plus shows that I've watched specific episodes that I've watched twice. The second being, or the first being uh, Mandalorian season finale with Luke Skywalker. And the only reason this isn't perfect. Like I had with the Luke Skywalker episode is we haven't gotten the Luke Skywalker yet, but we had the stunning visuals. We had amazing fan service, not on the same level, but, pretty close like in terms of what they gave us on the void and you left us with reasonable open-ended questions to the point where you know you're not annoyed like you are with certain maybe movies or tv shows that just are way too wide open and you're just like what the hell is going on here you're like there's a castle we have to go to that castle who's in that castle what's going to happen so good unanswered questions are left and I thought this episode was damn near perfect. And I, yeah, I'm just, it, it left you with a, a lot, wondering a lot heading into the, the season finale. And, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Aiden, but I also disagree at the same time. Like, I, I don't know if Disney Plus is built for the, and I, I don't know why it's just they do, they do this, except for Mandalorian's season finale. Like, they haven't gone for that actual, final episode kaboom yet like this this is still open-ended so it can happen but like you know the the model of the fourth and fifth episodes or the last two out of three being the big ones like the 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 heavy uh you know super revealing crazy episodes it hasn't been the final one but if you have kang it is, and that whole theory squashed instantly. So, 
I'm excited. We're going to get the kaboom. I, I, I think that this one is – it goes back to the point of, like, why leave all these half cookies of Kang if you're not going to, you know, knock our socks off and show us him. Because here's the thing. Any Kang reveal is, is for me, a perfect episode because that means they did everything they said, which if Marvel does everything they said, well, it's perfect in my mind, at least. I still just want to know when it's all said and done, Kang or not, just want to know how we get the multiverse. That's all this man is asking for. I think. I, just want to know. I think you just were in it. I really yeah. think that if that if that if that doesn't satisfy your 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 inquisitive need, I I don't know if you're going to actually get an explanation until maybe no Spider-Man three or I don't know. I just yeah, really... this is just the like a tease for the multiverse, but I do think we've seen it. Like it exists and it's open. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess we I, might not even get much more than a tease in Spider-Man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be upset about it if it doesn't happen in Loki. I just want to know. It's, it's just gonna, it's gonna bother me to no end until I finally see like how they're doing it. Well, theoretically, Billy, if we see it, even a tease in the way home, we should have an understanding of why. One would assume. That's true. Yeah, and let's, uh, that it's either that or the, the it's like a not end credits, but like the final moments of the film is the multiverse opening and Spider-Man doesn't know, and then Doctor Strange. So it's, I don't know. That's I would. A, I really do think that we could be seeing like a mid-credit scene being super important for a future project. It could be Doctor Strange. It could be Spider-Man. It could be even Ant-Man or the Wasp if it's that? Kang related, or Ant-Man Quantum Mania. But it's like. Then at the end, I want the Mobius jet ski thing, but there's going to be something tying into a future project, I believe. That's a good point, and I think there's there's, and I'll end on this: is there's a sneaky way Kevin Feige could be right, and you can get your Mobius thing. Um, a, you could kind of just have the show end and it not be a major villain, and then the part of the major connect is the post or mid credit scene being something like insane like to the point where like you're just like holy shit like kind of like thanos turning around like you're just like what the fuck just happened in a mid-credit scene and then be with your mobius thing is you know it might not be a post-credit scene but you've seen these the the end credits of these shows and i'm talking like the actual casting role credits with the pictures you could easily just have a picture of owen wilson on a jet ski and then boom you're set like that's your mobius on a jet ski and they've delivered on that promise, kind of not not on that promise, on that idea of like what the fans want, like with Throg, like they just had a frog in a jar, like that was that was insane. Like I was like that was awesome, but yeah. And then, see. so we have a business trip tomorrow. We do have a business I'm trip. Try, I'm trying to get this show up tonight, or late Thursday night. So, Black Widow, shall we? The last segment. Obviously, pred- predictions for Black Widow, and more importantly, do we see our boy at Chick Fil A? I I'm Boom. gonna I'm gonna squash the the second thing. I I, I don't know if he works there anymore. Steven. I, Steve. I I've been there. I've been there about five or six times in the past you, month. You haven't seen him at at different hours, and and he's just he's not there. He's gotta be there. He's gonna be there, Steve. He only works weekends now, Steve. Okay, okay, that's fair. I, I, he was there for tennis. Right, right. 
why wouldn't he be there now? Exactly. I, I don't know. Unless, unless that was his like last high school. Don't even want to think about it. Yeah, uh, he could have. I thought he went to community college. How do you know that? I thought Steve told us that. I may, but he, but he, it may be the point where he has left community college. Yeah, but it's the summer already. This kid has served us every trip to this theater at Chick Fil A. We have he's either served us or or held our food at some point. Yeah, we, we have, have to man. If, if we have to go through the at Chick Fil A, he would get being tipped beyond belief by us. The only thing I'll let slide from our mall routine is if that uh, one Chinese restaurant is not giving up the free samples. Just from for a COVID related oh, thing. Sarku is giving out free samples. Don't you? Oh, don't good. You worry. So we have to. We have to get you're getting the, You're getting. You're getting. No, they're Japanese. You're yeah. getting. You're get, William, the disrespect. You're getting the chicken oh teriyaki God. on a stick as you walk in. Yeah, so we have worry. to get that. Then we have to go to Chick Fil A. We have to go get uh, our candy from that one store. Big question: Does Joey get any ants? No. I mean, it did cause him to have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to say Endgame. no. I'm going to say no as well. And you want to hear my predictions for Black Widow just based on the minimal uh, tweets that I've seen? A solid low 80s score is my prediction for I'm going to give it. I'm going to enjoy the movie. I'm not going to think it's anything special, but I'm going to say well worth the ticket, the ticket so, price. A solid return for Marvel. Yelena Belova and uh, Black Widow are just going to uh, – I was well, Florence Pugh – Scarlett Johansson, great performances. Just a solid Marvel movie is my prediction. So this isn't necessarily a spoiler. Um, I thought they were going into spoiler territory, so I quickly shut the video off. But there, I was watching a Loki review, and they were like, there's two moments in this movie where you're like, Jesus, like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then the movie kind of just goes back to its little, like, Black Widow theme like there so i i'm assuming it should be it shouldn't be a massive block no i'm not i'm, I'm saying i'm saying that there's like if there's a massive reveal then there's a massive reveal but like i'm generally I, just expecting like um falcon and winter excuse me i'm uh, totally ex- expecting a grounded spy thriller but i'm yeah, saying i'm expecting captain america winter soldiers like the fact that two little like like a B-list version of Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, no. yeah. I think it'll like be Falcon on, I think it'll and Winter be on Soldier, par. like on steroids. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah, I think it'll be. A, Do we know if there is a mid-credits or end-credits scene? I think One there's both. I'm not looking it up. I'm not looking it up because I, mean, I, I always, I, that always seems. I to don't want to look them up. I well, would so just I'm rather gonna, be. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to look them up. I'm. I'm just saying that, like, so th- this this podcast said or this this channel said you know there's two moments where you're like holy shit like that, that could be a, a mid and post i think we're looking no 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 i think there's one what the fuck moment in the in the movie steve but i think we're gonna look at kind of a i don't know what order but we have like one mid credits and we're saying okay it's like kind of like a basic one and then one now like, like universe here's offer. here's a here's a big point is they haven't shown the I don't think they've shown the the people who had the early access, who they sent the film to. Uh, they said that they left out. That they, the, when the movie's over, it just it ended. But so that might be. Oh, so you don't even see the credits. Yeah, they might not have seen the credits yet. They might have to wait until Friday. We're just. I mean, we're waiting. Well, tonight it's technically out, right? Yeah, if we wanted to watch it, we could. 
on Disney. So I don't want to. I'm, I'm wondering sure. if why would you spend eleven? Well, I'm wondering if one of the oh. big reveals was supposed to be Julia Louis Dreyfus, if she is still indeed in the movie. For me, that's and a big reveal. Now still... that might not be as much of a big reveal. I went into my whole I theory. Would like it to tie in how it's to... bigger that she's going to be going from TV to movie. I think I'm this could explain her role in the future a little bit more clearly, but that would have been a big deal. And it still is a big deal, but we know that she's going to be around. Like that would have been a know. big surprise. I think it's bigger that someone's going from TV to movie. And I'm going to stick with that until. Well, no, like otherwise. I'm saying watching the movie, if you saw her in there for the first time, that would have been a much bigger deal than us knowing that she is in the MCU already. She's already been introduced. Yeah. She's going to be around in different projects. That's true. I mean, that moment was still crazy Because that was supposed to, to be a big surprise. Yeah. It wasn't just, a surprise. If, if it can connect to a, another project in some other way that we don't know of, that would really I, enjoy just get a little surprise. And this is not me spoiling because I don't know. I'm just, I have to think Red Hulk. Some sort of Red Hulk tease. I, it, Thunderbolt Ross is in the movie. There's no real reason for him to be in it, like other than some sort of shield involvement or not. I'm sorry, not shield. Um, Sokovia Accords post Civil War uh, moment, but we the groundwork in in these past few projects has been laid for Thunderbolts. Um, so maybe Thunderbolts that would be kind of jaw dropping. That maybe it's confirmed. Maybe they use the word itself. Maybe they show you know, a vial being dropped and it's Thunderbolt Ross. I don't know. I mean, the idea of the color red is being thrown around a lot in this movie, so it's just something that would kind of fit. Do we think uh, Tony Stark makes an appearance? Absolutely as... not. I'll tell you, there's a greater percent chance that our boy at Chick-fil-A jumps on the counter and dances as he's handing us our food than Iron Man showing up in this movie. I hope he doesn't show up. I think, I think, there's, a, I think there's a better chance of Iron Man saying that there was a lot nope. of rumors that he would appear. Nope. Yeah, I would agree with Aiden. Although we could request that to our boy. I'm sure he and would he do would it. He would say because, my pleasure. Because Chick-fil-A yeah. employees have to do Number one rated fast food restaurant in America. And I don't know what's going to happen this sports weekend, but Aiden's going to one dub based on that alone. But yeah, we, we shall see. There's a lot. I, I, Steve, you don't want to say Iron Man very well could have been that what the fuck moment. It, it would be really terrible uh, yeah. in my opinion and a poor decision made by Marvel. Um, Agreed. That would be guys, bad. I'd get angry. Need to I'd, let it I'd yell at somebody. And I would assume no. Just kind of, but I think I think it. I wasn't even thinking going in because I haven't really thought about it in months. Because that would, the, that the would rumors totally, were genuinely like years ago. That I would think. totally be a WTF moment, though. One would argue that like, you could. I think those rumors probably came out in 2019 with how I much would, the movie yeah. was delayed. I would definitely think that. Um, because he no, still has one project left on his contract. I'm pretty. I sure. think there's a chance, honestly, and if he had to appear, though, it's under like a minute. It's nothing big at all. But that it, would just just undermine his last scene, though. It would Some, undermine his last scene. Someone's getting yelled at. However, if it appears in like a video of some sort, like he's like, like a video, it doesn't count. I'm talking like because that would make sense. Because you're like, okay, you're looking at it as just a. I mean, like I don't know. It's like if Peter looks at an old video of them. Like there, there, yeah. there can be moments. It's like there's a difference between like a recorded moment and a physical appearance by him. 
a physical appearance by him kind of dilutes his 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 death that just makes you feel so like, oh, we can keep coming back in these uh like, twitter mike posed an even an even bigger not question but something i hadn't even considered does does chris evans appear no although that would go in with our theory with how it's going to end like it just ends like right before right. they meet yeah. in infinity right. war that's yeah that's okay so over under 0.5 uh og avengers appearing I well, really hope it's under. It's Hawkeye's in the movie. One and a half. One and a half. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I mean, Jeremy Renner should be in it. One and a half. I, I think. I think. Over under one. Half. I'm going over. You guys going under one half. You guys got me hyped. Are they showing Budapest? Is that why Renner's yeah. in it? Yeah. Even if it's a flashback, that still counts. It's Hawkeye, dude. Wow. See, I was talking with my dad. I thought like they could have done a whole movie or Disney Plus show like Black Widow and Hawkeye Budapest with Nick they, Fury. Because Nick Fury mentioned it too. They could have just done that as the movie or show if they wanted to. Yeah. Over. End on that, Steve. Over. I w- I will end on that. So we will we will be giving this to you, uh, probably before we see Black Widow, hopefully, and then we were going to go see Black Widow and we're going to talk about it because, um, I've been led to believe by some trusted individuals that there's two what the fuck moments, and I'm going to want to know what the heck's going on and i want to talk about it so we're gonna we're gonna go see it we're gonna go see our boy chick-fil-a because he's gonna be there for you too i think probably not don't get your hopes up but get your hopes up for black widow because i'm excited i'm I'm predicting an 84 which means it's going to be a really good movie so i'm going to take us out there so for billy bruno and aiden lacory this has been your host Stephen o'malley we'll see you guys very soon